This show is brought to you in part by the Rise Up, Stonewall, and the LGBTQ plus rights movement exhibit opening October 17th at the Illinois Holocaust Museum in Skokie. Find out more at ilholocaustmuseum.org. So welcome back to Chicago Queer and Now, everyone. I'm Adam Rhodes. I've got my lovely co-host here, Taryn. How you doing, Taryn? I'm doing well. How are you, Adam? I'm hanging in there. Um, I just destroyed some Chipotle, so I'm like slowly falling asleep, but nice. otherwise I'm great. Good to hear. What are you up to? Oh, just plugging away at work, you know? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I didn't know what to say. Oh my God, that's really fine. How are the kitties? Uh, the cats are good. It's almost their birthday. Um, <gasps> oh my so God, when is their birthday? Their birthday is August 7th, so mm-hmm. this might come out after their birthday, but... Um, yeah, they're almost a year old, so that's so cute. I know. Oh, I love them. I love them, and I haven't even met them. They're just—I love in meetings when they just like climb all over you. That's like my favorite thing in the world. Yeah, they're—they're they're um, the best at making good cameos. Um, and yeah, I—I I totally support anyone else who got pets during the pandemic because that has been a saving grace. That's when I got—I got hibachi like April second. So I got hibachi like very early on in the yeah. pandemic. Like yeah. essentially when like the stay at home orders were like starting to take effect, I was like, oh no ma'am. We ain't because yeah. at the time I lived alone. And so it was like, and no ma'am. We are yeah. we are not doing this alone. Um, gotta do what you gotta do. Mm-hmm. I like love her more than I have loved anything in the world, and she also enrages me more than anything else in the world. So like she just knows how to get me. Sounds about right, yeah. Right. <laughs> Uh, so speaking of the pandemic, if you if you don't know, we are in the middle of a pandemic. Um, Wait, a really? lot has. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> I like really completely believed you for a second. <laughs> I was like, oh, Taryn, no, no. Um, <laughs> okay. Uh, um, so yes, Taryn, we are in a pandemic. Okay. Um, uh, so much. It's. I feel like there's no way to accurately describe how much has changed during during the pandemic. Um, some people got dogs. Some people's entire lives have been uprooted. Um, some people have unfortunately lost friends, family, their own lives. Um, so in this really, really difficult time, there have actually been a lot of stories where queer, queer people have kind of come into their own identities. Their identities have changed or evolved. So I guess, uh, how is that something that resonates with you, Taryn? I didn't have any big revelations during the pandemic. Um, mm-hmm. My identities as like a uh, like queer female um, haven't really changed drastically. It's just different not having to perform gender to the world. Um, I think that was the biggest thing that just felt different during lockdown. Um, Obviously, I settled into a good uh, kind of loungewear routine, not having <laughs> yes. to, to go to the office or, or leave the house at all, really. Um, and loungewear is canonically queer. Yes, I agree. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I, I think it was just that this part of my brain when I'm out in the world that is always trying to signal my gender to people or like mm-hmm. read how others perceive my gender that part of my brain was able to take a break for a while. Um, And it was just a pretty refreshing feeling to not have the stress of like, oh, am I gonna, like, if I wear this outfit that I want to, like, am I gonna get misgendered like on the train today? Or like, like kind of little things like that, that in the day-to-day during like non-pandemic times can can kind of wear on you. Um, 
So yeah, I, I think it was just being home with like only my eyes, only my girlfriend's eyes on the way that I was presenting just really kind of chilled things out for me. Yeah, 100%, I think. Um, what I think I've taken away the most is like, I don't feel like as, I don't feel, all of the eyes I don't feel on me. Yeah. You know, um, I think as queer people, like even in Chicago, I'll go to Andersonville and I will definitely feel some stares just like, I mean, I have blue hair and I'm wearing and frequently wear pink boots. So like, it's not like I am not um, very easily spotted, but I can <laughs> definitely feel like when people are like staring and when like lingering looks are like, not like, oh, that person's outfit is cute. And more of them are like, look at that freak. Um, yeah. And that's even in, even in the queer neighborhoods. So yeah, for sure. And so I think honestly, there's. I feel like I have so much more mental bandwidth now than That's like, good. I don't, there's like, I don't know. I don't feel like that are, there are eyes on me all the time. Um, I, I have actually come into my identity a little more during the pandemic. Um, I've always like kind of thought that like, oh, like the gender binary isn't real. And I've always like had those um, and similar thoughts about like expression gender identity and whatever um but during the pandemic i think i came into my non-binary identity the most in that like as i didn't as you know i didn't have to perform gender as you put it taryn i didn't have all those eyes on me so i felt a lot more comfortable like exploring how i express myself so you know like now i do have like i have a couple dresses i have a couple skirts i have a pair of heels that i really like um and just getting to like wear those around the house and like feel good has been really really important during the pandemic. Yeah, because you started using they, them pronouns during lockdown, is that right? Yep, was it? yep. Okay. It was like kind of, I think at the start of this year, it was like relatively recently. And again, I think it's just like an extension of like, as I am comfortable with like gender fluidity and the fluidity of my expression, I wanted that to then extend to like my pronouns. Um, yeah, definitely. And so it's been really, really interesting kind of like having that like, transformation and transition like just in my apartment <laughs> so, like yeah um, and so I don't know again like I don't know how comfortable I am like expressing myself that way like outside um there was actually a time when like I had to like run an errand for Randy and in the house I was wearing that uh my favorite skirt and I like changed some like quick gym shorts to like run and go get the errand and he noticed that and I didn't it was very interesting mm -hmm. um yeah, so, you know, baby steps. I think I'm still seeing my identity evolve and I can I still kind of like feel like I'm in that like transitionary period. Um, but I think the pandemic has like almost like cocooned me in a way that like has let me um, feel safe in these explorations. Yeah. Yeah, so I was going to ask, do you feel like the pandemic is not over, but as we have kind of been able to do a little bit more this summer and you're out in the world, do you feel like that feeling of like easiness and not having as many eyes on you is going to kind of trans transfer out, um, out of your apartment and your kind of your safety bubble? Or do you feel like it, it's stressful for you to, to leave the house in some ways? Um, I think it's definitely like, I don't feel comfortable like wearing dresses and skirts, like, outside in the world yet to be quite mm -hmm. honest um number one because like I still want to find like a good amount that I'm like comfortable with wearing before I like do that Num number two I like have not perfected like 
the beat yet so mm. i have to like it has to be a full look before i'm like out in the world and actually that like is a big source of like my anxiety is like i feel like i have to like look perfect mm. if i'm gonna like step out in like a dress or something because if i don't look perfect if i don't look like if i am not like only worthy of like praise in this look then like that gives somebody wiggle room to be like oh you're just a dude in a dress or like something like that so there is like that i think like negative self-talk like oh you don't like look good enough in this like i think that is definitely something i'm like working through yeah um sense. but i think uh the next step is learning how to do my makeup so uh stay tuned yeah good luck i have no advice <laughs> <laughs> My partner's actually pretty good at makeup, so I'm excited. Yeah, I, I feel like throughout the pandemic, I came to a point where I took like buying clothes and, and getting new things as sort of an act of self-care because mm -hmm. there was so much during lockdown that we could not control and so much monotony in daily life that mm -hmm. I was kind of trying to validate myself and being like, you should still feel good when you wake up and get dressed every day. Um, even if it is just like new loungewear or just like new athletic shorts or whatever that feel comfy to you. Like, I feel like being, being confident in your gender, even if you don't leave the house is still an important thing to prioritize, if that makes sense. Yeah, absolutely. And like, where else should you feel comfortable and safe than like your home? Yeah. So, um, yeah, maybe, uh, you know, maybe I'll wear a dress to Maya's going away party. I think you should. That'd be a, a good debut. Damn. Ooh, that would be, though. Um, so uh, what uh, What else about the pandemic has, like, really, I think, impacted, like, your queerness or, like, how you live life as a queer person? I think mostly because, again, you and I both moved here to Chicago not that long before the pandemic. So... Mm -hmm the lockdown really put a stop to whatever momentum I had in trying to find queer spaces and queer community here. Um, yeah. Like, oh, I still feel agree. like there's so much that I don't know about, yeah, the, the spaces and the people here that could offer that kind of unique sense of Chicago queer community that I just haven't had the opportunity to explore because so much has been a shit show to say the least but <laughs> oh absolutely um yeah. yeah no i think i went to like three bars like regularly um i think i went to berlin a couple times i went to marty's there was that's the martini bar in andersonville mm -hmm. um and i think i went to sidetrack twice and that was the extent of like my exploration in the queer community before yeah. uh covid before the pandemic like shut everything down and so I definitely feel like really disconnected from the queer community in Chicago, just like physically. Um, and so I think that's definitely something I'm looking forward to, but like not hopeful about as yeah. things continue to get a little ugly here. Right. Um, but yeah, I think unfortunately the pandemic, like while the pandemic has like given me the ability to like explore my gender identity and my um, like, and the way I like perform gender, I think it's also like really hampered like the community aspect yeah. of queerness. And that's yeah. something I, I really miss. Yeah. But I think kind of to end on a note of hopefulness, I feel like since people like you and other other queer people who have really found out more about their identities during the pandemic, that 
that momentum will kind of stay with you and that once you are able to be back out in the world hopefully just like like that'll be a kind of a good bridge to continue finding yourself and and being 100% Adam when you're able to kind of combine that like lockdown comfort in yourself with being like outwardly outwardly queer yeah and I think I'm I'm like super excited to like experience that like community and that there's like communal spaces like as um the queer person I am now yeah because I remember how good they felt like before and I'm just excited to like as I'm like more comfortable and like loving my queerness even more I just want to like experience that feeling now too yeah there is a lot to look forward to um if we can keep moving toward reopening so absolutely yeah Chicago Reader Podcasts are recorded on Shure Microphones. Born in Chicago, Shure has been bringing stories to life on stage and in the studio for nearly 100 years. Whether you're listening along or starting a project of your own, Shure makes extraordinary audio products you can rely on anywhere, anytime. Learn more at Shure.com. Hey guys, we're back. Now we're going to do a little segment called Work in Progress, where we check in about stories we're working on for the reader. Um, Every once in a while, I'll have stuff to share too, but mainly Adam, since they're our social justice reporter, uh, always has things in the pipeline. So Adam, tell me me what you're working on. (laughs) Um, Okay, so right now, the thing I can share is that I am working on probably my favorite um, non-investigative article to date. I'm working on an essay about poppers, which if you don't know, poppers is um, a chemical that is often huffed um, and there's really no way to get around it. Like it's used to facilitate anal sex in gay men, but the FDA just came out with a recent disclaimer saying it's like unsafe to inhale. But I think I speak for almost every poppers enthusiast that like nobody thought it was like the healthiest thing to do right. and, and one of the disclaimers was like don't drink it and of the poppers enthusiasts that i've spoken with everyone was like well diva no one's drinking it like so there's a little bit of confusion but like number one like what is the fda doing Number two, a, a classic case of the people regulating it aren't using it and don't really know. Oh my god, exactly. Just you know, like ha- nobody has taken a shot. Like no one takes a shot of poppers. Like five error energy, right? Um, but it's still hilarious, and I'm getting to have some very interesting interviews asking people like, "So, why do you like poppers? What does it do for you? All that fun stuff." Yeah. Um, and it's really interesting because I think the issue um, or talking to people about this kind of thing, you get to like the heart of um, a lot of like historic homophobia and like the, um, within the FDA, I mean, this is the entity that was protested by ACT UP during the AIDS crisis. Um, And this is the entity behind the blood ban that is super homophobic. Like I can't give blood just because I've had sex with like another person who's like assigned male at birth. And it's it's kind of weird to say the least. Yeah. but so like a lot of people that I've spoken to have just been like, yes, stay in your lane. We don't talk to you. Don't talk to us kind of deals. Yeah. yeah. Um, what got you interested sense. in the topic? Honestly, just the disclaimer coming out, like I saw it and I'm just like, okay, absolutely not. What is happening here? Yeah. Um, I was just like, honestly, so flabbergasted. Number one, that the FDA even knew what Poppers was. Like 
I don't know. I, th- I feel like it's one of those things that's like, it's like often described as like an open secret, but like, damn, I didn't think the FDA knew that secret. Yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah, it's been a, a really fun and interesting. I keep saying interesting because like, I'm literally just asking people about like, so how do you use the sex drug? Like, how does it loosen your butthole? All this stuff. Like, and yeah, it's like, good, so good question. casual, hard hitting journalism. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so you're talking to you're talking to queer Chicagoans for people who want a little like journalism behind the scenes. Like, how yeah. do you go about finding sources for a story like this? Yeah, I admittedly um, for this kind of thing, I like to rely on social media. I'll just like put out a call on Twitter and say like, hey, I'm looking for this kind of person. And then I will actually follow up with like friends of mine that are in those communities. Like I have friends in like the kink and like sex worker communities. And I specifically asked them, I was like, hey, can you retweet this? Or like, hey, can you share that I'm looking for this kind of person? Yeah. Um, honestly, what I did a lot of is I just like DM'd a bunch of people on like gay Twitter in Chicago. Because again, like it's so, the use is so common that like it, I felt like it was probably the most efficient way to like find people. Yeah. Um, Cause like, I mean, a popper company, number one, isn't going to talk to me. Several actually declined to talk to me. Okay. And then um, number two, it's not like they have a client list. And so, because, and it's also like kind of illicit and some people might not want to like go on record of them, like huffing things for sex. Um, right. It makes it a little more complicated, but um, I actually did have a lot of, like I had a couple of people that wanted to remain anonymous um, I actually interviewed my barber for it. Um, oh, no my way. Barber is, yeah, my barber is like a barber slash like OnlyFans creator. It's He's super chill and funny. Okay. Um, but so he talked to me. I Yeah, it's just been wild. Um, I was, I think my favorite interview so far though has been uh, with my friend also named Adam. He is uh, across the pond over in the UK. And he has a forthcoming book like about the history of poppers so Ooh. I got to I got to interview like my friend who is an expert on poppers and it was wild yeah that that sounds like a perfect source <laughs> <laughs> right yeah it's just um I have to tell you after investigating like criminal justice and like racism and like homophobia it's fun to like just like bullshit around with this kind of story like it started as like a shit posting idea me like messaging Sujay and being like uh can I write about poppers and he's like actually yeah it's like wait really yeah I feel like that's a lot of what those stories are for me like yeah I feel like I some of your up. best stories start that way where you're just like I have opinions about this like it'd be fun and and you make right, it happen exactly so. exactly um and thankfully because it's like an essay I'm able to be a little more creative in it I don't have to like act like objective quote unquote well I never do it the reader um, right. But I don't have to, I guess, like be like even handed about mm-hmm. like the FDA's popper disclaimers and stuff like that. I can just be like, this is weird. What are you doing? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Put a little more voice into it. Right. For sure. All right. That'll be that'll be pretty cool to look out for. Um, I look forward to seeing it in print and and hearing from all the all the interesting sources that you pulled up. <laughs> TBD. Yeah. TBD. Well, that is almost it for our show this week. Uh, But as you know, we finish every episode by just listing our favorite queer thing of the week. So Taryn, what is your favorite queer thing this week? Uh, My favorite thing this week is a little bit more explicitly queer. It's a book that my girlfriend got me called Continuum. It's put out by Pocket Change Collective, written by Chella Mann 
who is a Ooh. genderqueer, uh, deaf, Jewish, uh, Asian, kind of a whole list of intersecting identities creator. Yeah, um, I've been following him on Instagram for a while and just like a really big fan of his like art and activism and stuff. And he has this new book out and uh, yeah, my girlfriend got it for me and I'm super excited to dive in. I think it's supposed to be a, a really good exercise and kind of vulnerability for him. Um, and I think, yeah, just a good survey of those intersecting identities that he kind of uniquely inhabits and can speak on. Oh my God, that's so cool. I uh, Please tell me the name of that book because I'm absolutely going to buy that as well. Yeah, um, 100%. Uh, what do you have this week? Um, my queer thing, um, uh, my favorite thing this week is not as explicitly queer as that, um, but uh, I just rearranged my closet this week and now I have a lot more room for all of my shoes and I get to see all of my shoes and like having all of that tidy and have it where I can just like go in and grab the pair I want and like not have to like throw like extra pairs out that I like can't get around and stuff. So my favorite my favorite queer thing this week is like an organized shoe closet. Nice. And and give us a little visual aid, like maybe pull out a couple a couple pairs of shoes that Ooh, okay. uh, are really standing out on your on your shoe shelf right now. Okay. So I have to go uh, my classic pink docks. Those always stand mm. out. Um, yeah. Those are probably my favorite shoes right now. Um, I did buy the Uggs Trans flag slippers. Um, oh, so those. Hell yeah. Oh my god, I'm obsessed with those. Um, <laughs> Randy absolutely hates them. My partner he <laughs> thinks they are um, ugly to say the least. Um, but I, I mean, Uggs, Uggs are something. But you're lying if you're trying to say that they're not the most comfortable thing to have on your feet. Like, oh my god, they're so comfy too. So it's yeah. like they're my new house slippers. Yeah, um, I love it. That's another gonna. Ooh, I have like these uh, these creeper style shoes that are just glitter top to bottom and they're super fierce and I love them. I waited like a year to get them because they were out of stock. Um, I think those are the ones that come to mind right now. Okay, great. I, I can't see, I can't wait to see some of those looks in person someday. Yes. All right, so that was our show, everyone. Thank you so much for tuning in this week. As always, um, you can listen to us at chicagoreader.com, email us at cqn at chicagoreader.com, and just listen to us wherever you listen to podcasts. Bye. Thank you. Chicago Queer and Now is a podcast from the Chicago Reader, the city's independent bi-weekly alt-newspaper that's been keeping things free and freaky since 1971. The show is hosted by Adam Rhodes and Taryn Allen, produced by Brianna Wellen, and edited by Adam Rhodes. It features original theme music by Richard Brazil, voice work by me, Kirk Williamson, and show logos by Taryn Allen. Reach out to us at cqn at chicagoreader.com. Follow us on Twitter at Chicago Queer Now and support this podcast and the rest of the Chicago Reader team by going to chicagoreader.com slash donate.